live like a king. It's part of the popular American imagination to think about what it would be like to be a king. Or queen, you could say. I mean, we've got children's stories all about discovering that they're really a king or a queen or people being king for a day. Or maybe we think about, I I think we do that in another way, thinking about, like, what if I won the lottery? I mean, it means I have to play the lottery first, but what if I won? What if if I won American Idol? What if, or I was a, a famous athlete or something? And I could have all this money and fly all over the world on my plane and, and do whatever I want. Because I think we, we see these, these kings and prime ministers and royalty and these authorities. It's like we want to be them, but a lot of times in our modern world, we don't have a lot of respect for them. That's the th- a lot of people, teachers talk about how in classrooms, students won't even speak up. Because nowadays, if you stick your nose out a little bit, everybody starts attacking it. Like you, you want to be a leader, but everybody just attacks leaders. It's really hard to be in leadership with anything. And I heard somebody recently say, I finally realized that not most, but perhaps all of our politicians are corrupt or something. Like I, I don't know if that's true, but we, we see this like, Leaders, they're not the virtuous people that they're called to be. Our, our feast day today, Christ the King, was started about 100 years ago in the time when there were proposals for world philosophies. There were world leaders that were doing things like communism and socialism and fascism and Nazism. And the church responded by saying, We are not going to be saved by an ism. We're not going to be saved by a world leader. Like, everything would be better if we just got this world leader in power or something. That the leader that matters is Jesus Christ, the King, who will reign as King forever, but actually already reigns as King. Jesus is King now. And when he comes back at the end of time, it will make it obvious for everyone. You'll say, well, we all worship the same God. And I was like, and one day, we'll all recognize him as Jesus Christ. (laughs) But yes. And so Jesus is the king, but his, his kingship is different. It's different than these, these people who've seized power in the past. He's different than the people who have power now. That Jesus has his power and he uses it not for himself, but to serve others. That Christ comes not to be served, but to serve, Scripture tells us. That rather than rule us as God from heaven, he came to serve us here on earth. He unites himself with the poor being born in a stable. He associates with the lowly, the poor, the sick, the outcasts. He forgives sinners. He touches and heals lepers. That Christ comes to to take care of people. He comes to enter our lives, to take care of us like a shepherd, 
who comes to guide us, to find us when we're lost, to heal and injure, you know, to bind us up, to, to heal us when we're injured and sick. That that's the kind of king we have. A king that, that's not afraid to get his hands dirty, to get into the mess of our lives. A king who, who comes even today to spread a table before us, to feed us, to give us his royal dignity, treasures from his kingdom he shares with us. He wants nothing from us, but an openness perhaps to serve us. And our king, Jesus, who serves in this way, calls us to serve in a similar manner. I had a an experience recently where um, there's a person in my life that I believe is a little mentally off um, and I had a clarifying conversation and they didn't like it they said they were they were calling me their best friend and I was like uh, I could have just let it go I should have let it go perhaps I just said um, I'm not your best friend I'm your priest and I just I know you want to be best friends with me but I just want to be clear I'm your priest so apparently that hit a button. Um, and so this person really turned on me. And I said to my staff member, I said, should I like avoid this person? Should I like not say hi to this person? And my staff member said, why would you do that? I was like, well, I don't want to like provoke this person. And they kind of give me the feeling they want me to stay away. And, and they're like, well, but who are you, Father? It's like, well, I want to be a person of charity. I want to love people as Christ does. And they're like, so you be you. So I saw this person a couple times, and I just said, hi, just want to say hi <laughs> from a distance. And, and uh, I treated this person very charitably. And this has been actually, I'm letting you into a page of Father Matt's life. Um, this is like the last eight months. And a week ago, um, I had a chance. I sat down with this person, and they said to me, Father, I want to apologize. I was like, what? I mean, I didn't have to say what. I knew what she was talking about. Um, I was like, oh, um, I accept your apology. But I realized, up in, it didn't really move me at all, and I realized that I was actually choosing to love you, not, not, because, of, not because you're easy to love, but because that's what I'm called to do as a Catholic Christian. That that Christ calls me to love others because that's who I am. That's who he is. Not because people are easy to love. That we, we'd love Christ in others no matter how they treat us. And for her to come back and, and apologize, it, felt very, it was actually very healing and good. But in the moment it was like, okay, thank you for saying that. But even if you never apologize, I would never stop loving you. Like that's what we're called to do. That's... That's how Jesus loves us, that even if you and I turn our back on God forever, he never stops loving us. He never stops coming to serve us. That he's so secure in his kingship that he knows what he is about. He's about serving us and inviting us to share in his royal life. And we're called to... We're invited to, to see each other as our brothers and sisters. And sometimes that's really hard. 
Uh, a book I've been finishing up is a, a book by Dr. Gabor Mate. He's a, a medical doctor and a psychiatrist, which I guess is redundant. But yeah, so he's a psychologist, but a uh, medical doctor. And his book is, the book, this one was called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. And he works at an addiction clinic in Toronto, Canada. And it's a, a safe injection site, which might be controversial, but he's made a believer out of me. And so what he's found in his work is he says these addicts on the street, these homeless people, isn't it interesting that most, if not all of them, were abused as kids? That, that these kids, well, these adults who were kids, hurt kids, are simply acting out of the trauma that they've experienced. They're trying to heal from the harm. They're trying, they're trying to medicate from the pain they've experienced. And when I, when I learned that, I was like, wow. So this isn't just some lazy person who needs to go get a job. I mean, they, they, maybe some can do that. But some people have been so radically traumatized and then trauma upon trauma that they self-medicate to be out of pain for at least a few seconds. That I, as I learned more about this, I was like, wow. I, I just felt my compassion for them grow. Like this is not somebody that needs my insults and derision, but a brother or sister where I would be also if my life circumstances were different. What if, what if some traumatic stuff happened to me like that? It's like, wow, that, that I'm called to, to love them as Christ. That, that how they respond is up to them and between them and God, but how I respond is, is up between me and my maker. And I will be held accountable one day when God comes back again. And so I want to show charity. I want to be patient and treat them with dignity. And I want to I give money to organizations that can help them in a better way than I can just by ever giving them money on the street. And so that's for those people. But what about the people also that are closer, my, my roommates who drive me crazy? No, my, my family members, you know, that, that I'm called to love them. That they also are sons and daughters of God who've been perhaps hurt, traumatized in their own way. But, but that's how I'm called. That our king loves these sons and daughters of his in a way that's very dignifying and caring. And I'm called to do the same thing. To, to live like Jesus the king who lives his kingship in service to others. I'm going to close with a, a story. There's a woman named Elizabeth. She was born in Hungary many years ago. When she was six, her mother was murdered. Uh, when she was 14, she married, which she was happy about, and it was more normal at the time. When she was 16 years old, she learned about St. Francis of Assisi and was strongly affected by that and wanted to live her life also in service to the poor. Uh, one blessing or maybe challenge that she had was that she herself, Elizabeth, was the daughter of a king, the Hungarian king Andrew II. And so kings and their daughters are expected to live a certain way, but she wanted to live differently. She wanted to live a simple life, and so she would um, bring food and bread to the poor, 
One day, one person stopped her because they thought she was stealing food, um, even though she's like, I'm, I'm the queen, basically. And so when she opened up her robe to show them what she had, which she had bread, but instead of bread, white and red roses fell out of her robe. Later on, her mother-in-law found out that she was caring for a leper in her own bed. And so the mother-in-law went and got her son and said, do you know there's a leper in your bed? And so he went, he went into the room and he's like, what's going on here? And he supposedly pulled off the covers and what he saw on his bed was not the, a leper, but the figure of Christ crucified lying on his bed. When her husband died, she gave away everything she owned, basically. She started a hospital and served the poor. And today, you and I call her Saint Elizabeth of Hungary. And on November 17th, about a week ago, we celebrated her feast day. That she spent her life living like Jesus Christ the King on earth, serving Christ and others, serving the poor. And now she shares with him in glory in heaven, where you and I are invited to live like Christ the King in his glory by first living like Christ the King serving here on earth.